Praise God. God wants to know what I have need of. I've got several things I want to share with you in this regard this morning. Amen. Amen. I have mentioned many times during the course of these particular Bible studies how it is so important for us to uh, be specific in our praying. We give specific prayer uh, requests and specific needs, and we express those to God. Now, you know, you know, sometimes we may question, well, why did Brother Walmer insist on that? Well, let me tell you. All right, Jesus was coming down the east side of the River Jordan, and at a certain point across the river from the city of Jericho, he crossed the River Jordan and came into Jericho. There he met a blind man. His name was, somebody remember? Barnabas, all right? And Barnabas began to cry out to the Lord, okay? And so Jesus stopped the whole procession that was with him. Now listen carefully, I wanted to tell you, okay? And he said, they were trying to get the man to be quiet. Maybe to keep sitting on his rock on the side of the highway there, side of the road. And the more they tried to make him be quiet, the louder he cried. He wanted something from God. Right, right. All right? I hope that God can hear our prayers and look into the innermost recesses of our heart and understand that we are really serious about what we're praying for. Yes, amen. Well, God, you know, if you kind of get around to it someday, maybe. (laughs) Maybe you can answer this prayer. We've got to show some initiative. We've got to put some power into our prayers. Yes. And allow God to know that we are really serious. So when you read that story again, I want you to understand that that man wanted his sight. How much do you want souls to be saved? How much do you want your family members to be saved? How much do you want healing in your body? How much do you want healing in the body of uh, your loved one, uh, somebody? How how much do you want that? Well, God, you know... you know, and you're just all kind of weak and anemic and there's not any kind of a forceful prayer coming out at all. All right? Bartimaeus wouldn't be quiet. And the Lord stopped the whole procession because one man. Right. One. Put up one finger. One. Right. One man. Right. Call out to him. One. And if, when you read through the Bible, you will find in so many different places how that one man changed the course of a nation, changed the course of a family, changed the course right. of a kingdom. Yes. One man praying and crying out to God. Amen. I want you to know this morning that your prayers are of great value. Yes. Right. And God hears your prayers. Right. And God wants to answer your prayers. But a lot of it's going to depend on just exactly how you pray. Amen. 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 Let me make a little announcement right here. Uh, don't come in and just fill the ends of the rows of chairs. Kind of move to the middle so nobody has to step on your toes when they get into the middle, okay? Not a good idea? (laughs) One man, one woman changed the course of history because they interceded before God. All right, 
Now the next point I want to point out is that when Bartimaeus came before the Lord, the man was obviously blind. You ever see anybody blind walking around? Huh? Huh? I mean, there was no doubt that the man was blind. Okay, now we're still talking about making specific requests. And Jesus made what we could call an absolutely stupid question. What do you want? I want you to think about that a minute. God has interest in knowing what we want. Right. Amen. So that's why I've emphasized this so much that we make our requests known to Amen. the Lord. Amen? Amen. Specifically known to the Lord. Right. Now, the one couple is not here this morning yet, but he has prob- kidney problems, serious kidney problems, does dialysis two or three times a week. And uh, anybody that knows anything about dialysis, you know that it is not a long term uh, solution to a problem. It's after a while, the body just. Uh, begins to reject that artificial cleansing of the of the body and so i'm concerned about my brother and i'm asking god in a specific way god heal his kidneys all right it's not just a generic god blessing all right and i think when we pray specific prayers that god will answer in a very specific way and if we had made a specific request when God answers we'll know that he has answered I've used an illustration so many times in this regard that you know sometimes we face financial challenges and um, this was particularly true among the people that I ministered to in Brazil for so many years and uh, uh, just a horrendously high inflation country and, and their wages were not increased maybe every six months. By the time that came around, they were just absolutely hung by their bills, all right? And sometimes their lights were turned off because they couldn't pay the light bill. And they would sometimes pray, God, I need money for my light bill, all right? I need money to pay my water bill. And I believe that if we pray for those kind of things, we need to be specific. Yes. Now, Lord, <laughs> the king took a letter that he received from a foreign king, and he took it into the house of God and laid it out, and he said, God, there it is. That's what this other king has threatened me with. Take a look at it, God. Maybe you need to take your light bill before the Lord and say, Lord, here it is, $57.38. That's what I need. Be specific. Yeah. Be sure and add $6 of that so you got enough to pay your tithes. <laughs> so you walk down the street the next day and you find a $20 bill. You didn't ask God specifically. You said, God, I need my to pay my light bill. So you walk down the street the next day you find a $20 bill laying on the street. You pick it up and say, well, hey, this is nice, you know. So you go spend it on something else. Wasn't enough for you, right? So you spend it on something else. Go back and say, God, I didn't make people love you. Well, I gave you money yesterday. What did you do with that? Well, that wasn't enough. Well, you never did tell me how much you needed. 
I know it's kind of a homely illustration, but we need to make specific yeah, prayers. That's right. If I had time this morning, which I don't, I would read for you the whole sixth chapter of the book of Second Chronicles. That is the prayer that Solomon made when he was getting ready to dedicate the newly erected temple to God. And it, it, it is filled with absolutely a, a, a large number of very specific requests. God, if this happens, and if they come here, then do this. All right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that our prayers have to be made in the same fashion before God. All right? I'm going to run over just a few other things here very quickly, but while I'm going there, I want you to open your Bible to the book of Mark. Book of Mark, I'm sorry. The book of, the book of Acts chapter 4, all right? And I'm going to be reading a, a small portion there for us today. Uh, Acts chapter 4, all right? In the book of Isaiah, however, chapter 6 and verse 5, we find Isaiah in the, in the temple... And uh, it was the year, the Bible says, that King Uzziah died. There was a great need in the nation of Israel because the king had died and they didn't have a new king. And sometimes it took them several years to find a new king. And they were very, con Isaiah was very concerned about this. All right. And uh, so uh, he's in the temple praying. He went to the right place uh, and he's talking to God about this. But in the midst of his prayer, now let, let me be clear today that Isaiah was not beginning his, uh, his, his ministry here. He was already into his ministry. He is six chapters into his prophetic ministry. But he is having a very specific encounter with God. And when he encountered God, what happened was that he felt unworthy to be in the presence of God. Let me tell you, my friend, this morning. Let me tell you, my brother, my sister, this morning. There is always room in your prayer for repentance. Yes. Right. Amen. Yes. Amen to that. Don't get to thinking that you are so good, so high and mighty, and God is so pleased with you that you don't have to repent. Yeah. Don't forget what I'm going to tell you right now. The book of 1 John was written to the church. Right. To the church. Yes. And he said, if we sin. Wait a minute, Pastor. Yes. Talking to the saints. If we sin. All right. We are able to uh, confess our sins. And to repent of our sins. Yes. And, to, and to find forgiveness in the presence of God. And so Isaiah repents of his sin. Now. He goes one step further, as, as other Bible uh, people uh, did. They also repent for the sins of their nation. As I was praying this morning and preparing my heart for this Bible lesson, I began to think about my nation. Yeah. We love our nation, and there's a lot of good things about our nation, but let's just be very frank. Our nation needs God. Right. Our nation is a long ways away from God. Our nation is filled with sin. And we as the people of God need to 
Pray to God and say, God, I repent for the sins of my nation. Hallelujah. Now, if those were the prayers that God heard from those people way back then, God is going to hear the same prayers from us today. Amen. Amen. All right. Now, we are continuing to talk about uh, specific prayers, and I hope you've opened your Bible to the book of Acts chapter 4. Run your finger down there to verse 23, and I'm going to read just a little bit for you. All right. Now, the disciples of the Lord had been used of God, and the lame man at the beautiful gate had been healed. And I want you to know that really created an uproar, and they're drug in before the Sanhedrin, and they are commanded not to preach anymore in the name of Jesus. Don't you even mention his name anymore. Yeah. All right? And uh, they were finally let go, and it says, And being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you you know, I hope that in your life, my friend, that that, that, that taking your problem to the Lord is what you do first. First. They didn't say, well, we're going to find a lawyer and he's going to plead our case here. <laughs> they took it to the Lord. Right. You, know, you know, how we react to these things is going to determine to God the level of our faith. Do you really believe God? Do you really believe God's word? Do you really believe God's promises? If you do, when you have a problem, <clears throat> excuse me, you're going to take that problem to the Lord in prayer. Amen. You're going to lift up your voice in prayer. If you need help, Call a brother, a true brother or sister in the Lord, and ask them to join with you. I'll never forget before my wife and I were about to move from the city where we had been assistant pastors in the church for a year. We were going into a new, to start a new work. And I had a major encounter with the devil. I'm not going to go into details, but I just had a major encounter with the devil. And I felt that I was unable in my own power and with my own words and my own spirit to win that battle. My wife took the phone and she called a dear brother in the church and said, would you come over here and pray with my husband? He needs some help. Hallelujah. And that is not something that ought to embarrass us. I need help. Brother, would you pray with me? Sister, would you pray with me? And the Bible commanded over in the book of James that is there any sick among you, let him call for the elders right. of the church. Amen. Amen. That's good. Let him call. Let him call. Don't think your pastor has the power of divination. That he's going to divine that you are sick. Huh? Been there? Been there. <laughs> yes. Pastor, why did you come and see me? I was sick. Well, I didn't know you were sick. You need prayer? Call me. I'll come to your house. I'll come to wherever I need to be and pray for you. I've had it happen. Pastor, I was in the hospital. You were? 
I didn't know that. If you had told me, I would have gone or I would have sent someone to visit you in the hospital and pray with you in the hospital. Yeah. The Bible says, call for the elders church. Call. Yeah. Call. Amen. All right? Amen. Let me tell you, and it's so much easier today than it was in the days of the apostles. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> they didn't have text messaging or email or cell phones. All right? Okay? Use that thing for the glory of God. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Got through a prayer this morning. I've just been moved on by the Lord to write to several different people, and I just got a text message several different people with words of encouragement. Not a bunch of blah, blah, blah. But giving them words of encouragement in the Lord to strengthen their faith and yes. to believe God and trust yes. God. And I pronounced on them a blessing wherever they would be today. Amen. Amen. Praise God. And that's what we need to use these modern tech, this modern technology for is to benefit the work of God. So they lifted up their voices with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, that which hast made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is, who by the mouth of thy servant David has said, why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? Okay, we're going back to the Lord's Prayer in the book of Matthew, chapter 6, where the first thing in our prayer should be worship and praise and adoration and thanksgiving. Honor God. Right. Don't just come in the presence of God. Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. Right. right. Amen. Praise and worship Amen. and adore the Lord. Right. Yes. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Brothers and sisters, have a Beautiful little red-haired girl. <laughs> the Camarillo was complaining to me yesterday. He was complaining. <laughs> he said, Ma, we've been so busy on this project here, I haven't had my quality time with my daughter this week. <laughs> we know there is something special to hold that child in your arms. And they take that soft little hand and they just rub your face, you know, and... Didn't that feel good? Nothing like it. That's what your praise is to God. All right. When you thank God, when you praise God, when you are broken in contrition and adoration to Him, hallelujah, as our Heavenly Father, He appreciates that. It is like the tender touch of of your young child to your face. Amen. Praise Praise God. Praise God. Amen. All right? Amen. The kings of the earth stood up, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For for of a truth against thy holy child, Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod upon his party with the Gentiles, and the people of Israel were gathered together to be against him. All right? For to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined beforehand. God had already prophesied that was going to happen, all right? And now, Lord, behold their threat. I want you to pay careful attention here. And grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they, uh, thy, uh, they may speak thy word. By stretching forth thine hand to heal 
and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus. That's a pretty specific prayer request, isn't it? Yeah. Have we prayed that way? I hope you have prayed that way for this congregation, yeah. for the church that you attend. Yeah. God, may your presence be here always. Yeah. May healings take place yeah, yeah. in this place. Yeah. Uh, may conversions take place yes. in this place. Uh, may the Holy Ghost be poured out into hungry hearts in this place, God. Right. Amen. I'm talking today again about specific prayer requests, all right? Yeah. Now, in verse, uh, in verse 31, we see, uh, th actually 31 through 33, we see the result of that prayer. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Again, a renewal in the Holy Ghost. Yes. Amen. Amen. And uh, they speak the word of God with boldness. They have been threatened. Their lives have been threatened. Their bodies have been threatened with cruel punishments. But yet they prayed for boldness. To continue to preach and announce the word of God. Perhaps the reason why many are not witnessing as they should. And living the Christian life as they should. Is because they are fearful. Fearful. Reminds me of the young man that got a job. He was from down in the central part of the United States, and he got a job working in the lumber camps up in the northern part of the country. He had to go away for three months, stayed up there living in a, in a common barracks, and, uh, and, uh, and he was there. His pastor was very concerned about him going into that rather horrible environment. But when he come, came back, he said, well, how did it go, son? He said, it went just fine, pastor. He said, what was said about your Christian faith? He said, they never discovered it. <laughs> That's pretty sad, isn't it? Yes. Yes. And so we need to pray, perhaps, for some boldness, for some courage. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and one soul, neither had any of them ought of the things which possess his own. And it goes on to tell about all of the answers to the prayer that they prayed. All right? Right. Now we go into the book of Luke, and there we find the story of the widow that was being harassed, just to put it in good modern terms, right. by uh, someone and her life had really become a pretty difficult thing. And she went to the justice system to have uh, that problem resolved. And the judge was just <coughs> a um, very unjust man. He could care less about that poor old woman, widow woman that didn't have any money. You know, 
It's the old story, you know, the poor always get treated the worst, right? And, uh, but she just kept going back. She just went back. And he would arrive at his chambers in the morning and women, women were sitting there on the steps. I'm here again today, Judge. And the harassment that she had been the victim of, she began to harass the judge. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't turn him loose. And he got so tired of that. He said, for the love of God, give this woman whatever it is she wants. Get her out of here. I don't want to see her anymore. Now, I know that we serve a just God. Yeah. And, and it's not that we are serving an unjust God. No, that's that, that's right. not the situation, all right? Okay? But we, we must sometimes take our request to the Lord on a frequent basis. And it kind of goes along with what I said at the beginning of our talk this morning. That God wants to know that you are sincere. That you really want what you are requesting. Okay? And I, I see people in great need sometimes. And I'm not talking about anybody here. Just remember that I've been in this business about 58 years. All right? And, 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 and people that I know, members of the congregation that I pastored, they had great needs. They, they, they had unsaved family members. There were just a lot of needs. And yet I saw their prayers were just so weak and so anemic and there was no life in them and no power behind them. And no real travail and no real intercession in the presence of God. And consequently, they did not receive from God what they should have received. Okay? And I just can't, I just can't emphasize enough what I'm telling you today. And the scream is not going to emphasize it anymore. Just please listen to my words today. Why? Because your pastor wants to see revival in this place. Yes, amen. Elder Brother Camarina wants to see revival in this place. Sir. He wants to be able to stand in this pulpit and see what we couldn't see before. People coming up the sidewalk and coming to church. So yeah. He wants to see people coming that he doesn't know. Right. That coming here and surrender their lives to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. And that is going to happen if we as a church will pray to that end. Yes. Right. Amen. Praise God. Yes. Yeah, we, we need a keyboard player. Yeah, we really do. But you know. Even if we get a good keyboard player, they're not going to be as good as some others out there. Right. Sure. So it's not going to be that that's going to attract people here. It's going to be the power of God, the presence of God. I prayed that God would build a speed bump in the front of the church where I pastored. God, put a speed bump out there. So that when they come here, they go, what was that? And they look, a church. And there's some drawing there. 
We had a lady began to attend our church. She was so hungry for God. What a shame that she had to walk the streets of the city. And she walked the streets of the city. And she said, God, will you please show me which church I need to go to? And she walked the street to the city and up and down. And finally one day she walked in front of our church. And God said, that's the church there. All right. Praise the Lord. That's the one. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, brother. And she came. And she gave her heart to God. And her husband came and gave his heart to God. He became the adult Bible teacher in the church. Thank God. God did a great work in their lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because God took a speed bump out there for me. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. You think that's kind of a funny illustration. Well, you just go ahead and think it's funny. I'm going to keep praying that God will put a speed bump out here. All right. Not the city, God. It's a spiritual speed bump. Yes. Amen. Something to get people's attention. All right? Amen. Okay. I want to encourage you to read some of these passages of Scripture that I'm mentioning. And um, we're sorry that we don't have the computer up and running today. Uh, everything was fine until we discovered that somehow the other the electricity got cut off to the outlet. <laughs> we have no idea. I had no idea. But anyway, it'll be back working again. Matthew chapter 26, verses 36 through 46, you will find the prayer of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. And again, I want you to see how very specific Jesus was in his prayer request. You know, even our Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of Man, the human part, and that's what a lot of people don't understand, that Jesus Christ had a dual nature, and that's why they come up with some of this stuff that they come up with, you know. It's easy to understand if you just open your mind to God. Let him move on your heart. But his human flesh was recoiling from the suffering that he knew that he was going to have to go through. He knew what it meant to be crucified, not from personal experience, but just because of that being a method of of, uh, uh, punishment in those days. He knew the suffering. And it recoiled from that. His flesh did not want to go through that. And he knew beforehand the beating that he would suffer. He knew beforehand that flesh of his face would be jerked out along with his beard. There was such an anger, such a hatred, just such a absolutely over-the-top hatred of Jesus Christ and his work that they, any punishment for him was justified in their eyes. Right. And he said, Lord, if it be possible, could you just kind of pass this chalice on down the line somewhere else? I don't want to go through that. Now, he prayed that. He did. However, he knew from day one of his life that it was for that very reason that he had come into the earth. He understood that. He was aware of that. But yet when he was down to the wire and it was down to the day and down to just a few hours before that would transpire, 
he is not wanting to go through it. And he had to go back three times in his prayer. Right, right. Before he could finally say, Father, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Right, amen. And I said to someone just recently that was rather fighting against the uh, a, a, a certain call of God and a certain ministry, and I said, you need to get to the place where you can pray the Lord's Prayer. Not, not that one that we quoted. Our Father which art in heaven, but that other one. Father, not as I will, yeah. but as thou wilt. Yeah. All right? Amen. And when you get to that place, you are going to know joy and peace and happiness. All right? <clears throat> All right. Now, I have asked you for your own personal benefit. It's not for me. It's for you. All right? To read Second Chronicles chapter 6. I also want you to read 1 Corinthians chapter 14 carefully and slowly and understand it in depth because it will be a great blessing in your life. Amen. Amen. Now, <clears throat> I'm going to refer right now very quickly in the next five minutes to a, a, a tremendous happening in the life of the nation of Israel. Chapter 18 of 1 Kings talks about a great contest between the prophet Elijah and the prophets of Baal and the prophets of the groves. There were 850 of them. Right. All right. This was no one-on-one -on -one deal. What? what? <laughs> this is one against 850. That's right. Wow. That's right. Oh, God. Sometimes we are so afraid of people's words. We're so afraid of people's opinion of us that we really don't let our light shine before men that may, they may see our good works and glorify our Father which is in heaven. All right? Elijah, it is obvious as you study about his life that he was a man of prayer. Now, he, he goes to this contest on uh, I'm going to call the name of the mountain and all of a sudden it just... Carmel. Thank you. One of those senior moments. Carmel. Alright. Gather together. And, and I don't have time to relate the story, but read the story. It is so exciting. Yes, it is. Yeah. So thrilling. So absolutely awe-inspiring. Or if I can say it maybe better, it is so faith-inspiring. Right. You let those heathen prophets go first. You can be first. Remember that the, the proof of who is God is going to be that fire is going to fall on this altar. They built their altar and they did their sacrifice. And they chatted and they sang and they cut themselves and abused themselves and they did everything all day, all day, all day. Maybe my good pastor remember what hour of the day it was that evening sacrifice. Was it uh, 6 o'clock? But whatever it was. Like the evening time. <laughs> it was in the evening time. All right. 
When it got time that the evening sacrifice would be offered in the temple, Elijah said, okay, boys, you've had, your, you've had the whole day. It's my turn now. It's my turn now. I want to read for you his prayer. Okay, you ready? You ready? So I got it open there. Let's kind of read it. Read his prayer for us. Verses uh, 36 and 37. First Kings 18. All right. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel and that I am thy servant and that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God and that thou hast turned their heart back again. His prayer is exactly two verses long. Two verses. What I'm trying to tell you today is the following. That if your life is a life of prayer, and you come to the greatest challenge in your life, you don't need long prayers to get the answer. All right. Because the answer is going to come not based on that prayer of that moment, but based on your faithfulness to God over the years of prayer. Praise God. One Sunday night in our church in Brazil, I mean, you talk about a service shut down. I mean, it was shut down. The power of the enemy was in that place in such a tremendous way that uh, our worship leader was a great worship leader. He always took the church absolutely to, you know, a great height in prayer, a great height in worship, after which I always, I always had prayer for the sick and the needy, just followed right, we just moved right into that. There was no big break. He couldn't make anything happen that, that Sunday night. And I realized what it was, and I I uh, was not pastoring the church. I'd already turned over to someone else, but I got up. And I walked to the back of the church, went across the back of the church. Like I walked on this side, went across the back of the church, went through a door, up the stairway to my office on the second floor, and knelt there, began to pray and talk to God. The pastor told me later, he said, I saw when you got up, on the platform and started back through the church. I knew where you were going and I knew what you were going to do when you got there. And I followed you because there were windows there that he could see. He said, I followed you. And I, I, I observed as you walked into your office and he said, your knees did not even hit the floor before that evil spirit left this place and we had victory. Great job. I hadn't even uttered a word of prayer yet. No, I'm nobody special. You know, anybody that's around here this week, you knew that. You saw me all covered with sheetrock dust. <laughs> nobody special. But there is that backlog of prayer. Yes. 
That backlog of seeking God. That backlog of faithfulness. Hallelujah. Praise God. And when we needed God, and when we needed Him right now, God was there. Amen, brother. Hallelujah. My wife and I were just barely engaged, and we... She came up to visit me in my hometown before we went back to Bible college for my second year and her third. And we decided to go up into Canada for a church service that Sunday morning. We had had a long period of time without any rain. And then it began a light drizzling rain that Sunday morning. And as we came off the Petula Bridge coming into New Westminster, there was a slight curve. And uh, all of a sudden our car is totally out of control. And instead of going on this shallow curve we are going down around this sharp curve sideways down the road and there's no time to get down and say oh god forgive my sins <laughs> you know all that stuff you know and my wife who was my wife now she was just my fiance then she just began to say jesus 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 and god took control of our car it suffered very little damage and we were not injured in any way Praise God. Praise God. And so as I have talked to you these past weeks about prayer, I hope that it has helped to change your life. I hope that it is, has helped you to uh, understand that it is going to be because of a background of a life of prayer that you're going to see uh, things answered in your life. Amen. Amen. Natalie, as you occupy your room in the house there, Get up a few minutes early and kneel beside your bed and talk to God. Sorry to call you out this morning. I love you and I'm not trying to embarrass you. I just want you to become for God what God wants you to be. Yes. Amen. That's all. All right. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Slip out of that bed. Bow those knees in the presence of God. Whoever you are. And begin to Put a lot of prayer in the heavenly bank. Hallelujah. So that when you have a need, God takes a look and says, yeah, they've got a very positive balance. Hallelujah. I'm going to answer that prayer. And so we rejoice. We rejoice with Elijah's great answer to prayer. All right. Amen. Amen. But you know what happened next? He goes to the top of the mountain. <laughs> and those of you that know know where I'm going. He had to pray seven times for rain to come. Fire came with a two-verse prayer, but he spent the rest of a long time up there on the mountain praying. For rain. Seven times he sent his servant to see. And the rain came. No, there will be those times when your prayer will be answered immediately. There will be those times when you just cry out. I'm in an open air service in a very world country environment. We've got $10,000 worth of sound equipment outside. The church really wouldn't hold us, so we're having church outside. It had been a gorgeous day, beautiful blue skies and sunshine. Nighttime came. I didn't realize that it had clouded over until all of a sudden raindrops began to fall. And I'm thinking about, oh, God, all this equipment is going to get ruined. 
and now our service is going to get ruined. And I jumped to my feet and I said, I rebuke this rain in the name of Jesus. We need one hour, God, to finish this service. Well, God knew better than I did. It took two hours, but uh, he gave us all the leeway we needed. Praise the Lord. God performed miracles. God healed people. God restored people. Hallelujah. God answered my prayer. That wasn't the first time that God stopped rain for me. Before we were appointed missionaries to Brazil, I was on my way to finish a house, to paint it. I would be through and get my money out so I could go to conference to get my missionary appointment. Started raining, huge drops of rain. I rebuked that rain in the name of the Lord Jesus. I said, God, I need four hours. In four hours, I can paint that house. And that rain shut off like you turn off a faucet. Praise the Lord. I'm not talking you in these in these weeks here, these Sunday mornings, out of just a bunch of rhetoric right, right. and theories. Yeah. This is experience. Praise experience. God. Yeah. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Let's Amen. stand together. Let's thank God for his word. Ask God to bless it to your heart one more time. Lord Jesus, bless Lord, your word you. to you the, the word people's hearts. They may, O oh God, in Jesus' name, be always cognizant, Lord, of what you are able to do and what you want to do. May they be cognizant also of what the responsibilities are before the Lord. I ask in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 somebody and give them a big Christian hug and say it's good to have you here today. Amen. God bless you. All right, let's move. Uh, a few minutes here yet to tell her I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed that. Thank you, thank you. Great. Mr. Good to have you here. <laughs>
Right. 